What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Caesar and the Wise Guy Sports Buzz Podcast. This is Caesar. We're excited for our show today. We're going to touch up on a lot of things. First off, whether or not MLB should allow PED users into the Hall of Fame, marijuana use as well in the NBA, and how COVID-19 is affecting the start of the upcoming season. So just make sure you just follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Just type in Caesar and the Wise Guy. Our website is CaesarandtheWiseGuy.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Caesar and Wise Guy. Meanwhile, I got my partner in crime, Mike the wise guy on the other side. What's up, Mike? Hey, how's it going, everybody? This is the wise guy over here. Just want to thank all our followers for subscribing to our podcast, tuning in and listening, giving us a lot of feedback. It's well appreciated. But we want to get right to the sports buzz that you need. That's why you came to our podcast and tuned in. So we're going to go way back in December of 2007 when former U.S. Senator George Mitchell released what we all remember as the famous Mitchell Report. It stated PED use, both alleged and confirmed, of 89 players, and that included some of sports' biggest stars. Well, it's been well over a decade now. And not one player named in that report has been voted into Cooperstown. In addition, no players that have tested positive or even acknowledged for PED use are enshrined. Now, check it out. Do I think there should be a rule that officially bans juicers from Cooperstown? I most certainly do not. But I'm the wise guy over here. (laughs) And this is Caesar and the Wise Guy Sports Buzz Podcast. So right now, I'm going to have to say that if you ask the players already in the Hall of Fame, you might get a different answer. (laughs) And the guys that already have their plaques aren't alone. There are plenty of voters that have made it abundantly clear that they also have a hell no stance on juicers and the Hall of Fame. Hell, everyone and their uncle wants the Hall as clean as can be. Not really everybody, but yeah. (laughs) Let's go before that. Even before 2008, back in 2002, 2003, there was a whole Balco investigation. Do you remember that? With uh, Mm. Victor Conti, I think Jason Giambi was affiliated with that. And he was actually one of the people who admitted to steroid use. He had uh, HGH as well. He admitted that in front of a grand jury back in 2003. And then uh, 10 years later, it was a whole biogenesis clinic in Florida, a whole scandal where it had a list of players released that they were actually dealing with the, it was called the cream. Uh, they would rub this cream that allowed them to, you know, build more testosterone. I think there was a more factor uh, to that as well. So this has been going on for quite a while. And back in 2013, there was a, in the list, there was people like Melky Cabrera who actually got suspended the year before that, 50 games, or as Bartolo Colon, you got Yasmani Grandal. Oh. And we all know what happened with the Yankee, Mr. A-Rod, Alex oh, Rodriguez, ouch. served the whopping season. 162 games. Included with that, you had Ryan Braun served 65 games. And not a lot of people remember Nelson Cruz. He served 50 games. I think, what is he, like 40 now? I think he's still playing, but a lot of people don't yeah, really talk Nelly, about it. man. Yeah, he, you know, this is so long, you know, even the newer generation that doesn't remember. So, and, and the more common names we have out there linked to PED use, and this is just overall, we're talking Talking about Roger Clemens, there's a big debate of whether or not he should get in. Manny Ramirez, Gary Sheffield, we got Giambi, Palmero. We all know Canseco, he, he finger pointed a lot of players. Uh, Mark McGuire and yeah, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. So uh, there's a lot of uh, things that happen over the years. And uh, and there's one player in particular I'm going to vouch for it in just a little bit, but uh, I'm just going to say this before I get into that. Since it's 2020, it's a different type of year. It's time to think a little bit differently too. I think I changed my, actually I know I changed my stance or my mentality over the years when it comes to PED use. And I've gotten to the point where I'm just saying, just put them all in the Hall of Fame. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about the ones who are credible as far as the stats. You know, that's a oh. big debate. I know I'm going to get a lot of, of flack for that, a lot of backlash. But hey, look, let me check this out. This is Cooperstown, New York. We're talking about a private interest being benefited.
city here. The Baseball Writers of Association of America, we don't even know who a lot of these people are. And the plus their votes are not really revealed unless they publicly announce it. And uh, frankly, I'm just tired of the fraternity, the exclusive club, you know, being like the gatekeepers, like it's some kind of game. I mean, are they really protecting their own interests, pretending like they're protecting the baseball fans' interests? And you ask me, why should I even care about this exclusive club if I'm talking about it this way? And really, I only feel this way because it does mean something to certain players. And like I said, I'm going to get into a certain player in just a little bit. But honestly, the way it comes down to, we'll all be dead, <laughs> dead in 100 years. Just get them in there. And the ongoing debate is, why should we oh, reward man. cheaters, right? Right, right, man. They're cheating, dude. They were doing something illegal. So now if you're going to excuse that fact, then shoeless Joe Jackson and Pete Rose should be in. Shoot, PEDs influence the stats, man, that users put up during their careers. Therefore, bro, you're just comparing apples and oranges when talking about all those numbers that users put up in that era. But here's my question, wise guy. I mean, are they really cheaters if 85% of the players are doing the same thing? I mean, we're talking about the majority of players on the same field and the same playing field doing PEDs. I mean, this is arguably, you can find this out through talking to players. I mean, this it's is all spread out. playing field. It, it, it is. On a, when it comes to PED use, and especially in the early 2000s, late 90s, I mean, a lot of players are doing it. We've got autobiographies, people's names revealed. I mean, this was ongoing. So that that is my argument. You know, call them cheaters. But like I said, I've changed my mind over the years. And I'm going to tell you, lastly, about one player that is getting his honors stripped away from the Hall of Fame. That is Barry Bonds. And, uh, <laughs> a lot before of- <laughs> you get into before you get into your favorite player of all time, before we hear the Bonds spiel, let me just remind all our followers out there about Caesar's stance on the DH rule last time. If everybody remembers, Mr. Big Caesar over here loved the traditional baseball rules, and now all of a sudden, he wants to allow cheaters into the traditional baseball rules of Hall of Fame. Go ahead, Big Caesar. Let's tell all our followers about your favorite player, Barry Bonds, and why you want to allow PED users <laughs> into the Hall of Fame. Please, go ahead. That's a good one. This is, this is all logistics, man. This is logistics. We're talking about doing the eye test. We've actually accumulated enough time over the years to look back and review. Yes, in the middle of all this, everyone's pointing finger, cheater, cheater. Everyone wants to say, hey, this is unacceptable. But a lot of people are, are just faking this. And I'll, I'll, and I'll explain this. I'm going to tell you right now about a, very ins- about a very inspirational speech given by Willie Mays in 2018. He gave his speech on the day the San Francisco Giants retired Barry Bonds' number. He had a mm. jersey retirement. And I know I'm going to sound real biased here, but I really consider this the greatest. If our sports- followers only knew every time <laughs> I have heard this. But pl- go ahead. All right. tell them. I consider this Willie Mays speech the greatest sports speech of all time. And, and, and a lot of people say, what are you talking about? What speech? You're, if you don't believe Look me, just everybody YouTube the words mm-hmm. Willie Mays full speech, quote unquote, <laughs> right? And tell me if I'm wrong. These are the seven best minutes I've heard. And yes, it can flip somebody's opinion. Hopefully you can flip yours, but you're, you're kind of hard headed over there, Mr. Wise Guy. But let me just no, this tell should you this. be my ringtone for the amount of times I've heard it. <laughs> so the Baseball Writers Association, they need to see this. Uh, and if they do, I still feel if they feel he doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame after seeing this video, then so be it. More power to them because I don't know what's more cut and dry than that. And I'll, I'll tell you some of the quotes he said, give somebody honor that deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Let him have the honor because I may not be here forever. I may be gone. And Bonds has spent really 15 of his 22 seasons with the Giants, 762 homers, 2,500 walks at, and intentional walks at 688. That is ridiculous. If he hit a home run in 15% of those at bat, he would have passed Satohara Oh, the Japanese legend of 868 home runs. He would have surpassed them. And it, it's crazy. So right now, 
bond is falling. Do the math or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I I would think so. I I I don't think I could just make this stuff up. But and right now, the last two years are left in eligibility for Barry Bonds. He's now, I guess, his most recent one. He was at sixty percent of eligibility. He needs to be at seventy five percent. So that means he needs to jump another fourteen percent in the next two years just to make it to the Hall of Fame. And my argument is whether or not you love him, he never was caught cheating. He never admitted to using PEDs. And like I said, I'll make the argument now. If you put everybody on PEDs in the next five years, they will never do what Bonds did with the walks and the homers. His intelligence is off the meter. His baseball intelligence, his IQ, his connection with Willie Mays, his dad, Bobby Bonds, that alone advanced him further than any average player. And even Kristen Yellick of the Brewers the other day was talking about how Bonds helped his swing. Um, when Bonds, you know, he was a pitching coach, actually the batting coach for the Marlins. A lot of people forget about that. And while he was the hitting coach, he basically helped them, you know, tweak a swing, eventually led to Yelich winning the MVP in 2018. So, you know, Bonds gets a bad rap for the way he handled the media. A lot of people don't like his attitude, but he was focused. I mean, everyone saw how Michael Jordan was. He was focused and calling out his teammates. Okay, he still loved and admired, but hey, Barry Bonds took his job very serious and nobody really cares. You know, that's that's what it comes down to. And I'll just say this, my final argument for why he should be a Hall of Famer. Everyone said he started juicing up around 2000 because in 98, he had 37 homers. 99, he had 34. So that was average for him. But as of the year 2000, start before that year, he already had 445 career home runs. That is already Hall of Fame numbers. And if you think about it, and because his home runs jumped in 2049, we all know what happened in 2001 is a big old 73 home runs. Uh, but like I said, before the, the turn of the century, he was sitting at 445 homers, 460 stolen bases. He would have still been the only 500-500 player. Makes him an automatic Hall of Famer despite what everybody is saying, man. That's crazy, man. I just got to argue that voting should be based on the player's record, playing ability, integrity, even sportsmanship, character, and contributions to the team and the sport, not cheating their way through the game. Well, we're going to have to agree to disagree, man. (laughs) I guess so. Why don't our followers just tune in and comment and let us know how you feel. But while we're on the subject, it might be clear that it's a high time for change, shall we say? Because the NBA and its players union have come to an agreement that their players are going to be tested for PEDs when they restart the season in the Florida bubble, which is crazy, huh? But this is the thing. They're not going to test for recreational drugs like cannabis. Mm. Yeah. Now, the proposal, which was first reported by Sham Sharanya of The Athletic, stated it should help reassure the ones who were completely scared that players would be taking PEDs to counteract the rust from sitting out for several months without basketball, of course, because of the whole COVID thing. But at the moment, the NBA seems completely uninterested in aggressively enforcing anti-recreational drug policies against its players. Yeah. And then we're at the point, I mean, 2020, that we are concerned about the message that we're sending to young people. And I think Adam Silver, uh, a couple of years ago, he was actually touching up on things. And then let me just go ahead and kind of relate to what he was saying. He was saying one of the more talking points over the last years is he was concerned about the mental wellness of his players. He says some guys are smoking pot in the same way some guys would take a drink and basically just to calm down a little bit, to relax. You know, he didn't really see a big issue with some of this, but he's actually more concerned of the amount of times they actually do it. He's basically asking them, why are you smoking a lot of pot? And when it comes to how it's affecting the, the on-field play. And a lot of these players just feel like they had a lot of, a lot of anxiety they take because they're struggling. And I can respect that too, you know? So they're looking into these policy changes. And right now we're at that point where I get that. I, I get the message of the concern, how it's going to affect the young people's mentality. At the same time, not every kid is, is a copycat. I mean, I be, basically I can probably just speak to my, you know, for myself. Um, everyone's different. And now that many states have legalized marijuana, Colorado, California, we 
don't know the states, in my opinion, is not going to make a giant difference if young fans are aware that certain players smoke weed and they, they get punished for it. You know, for young people right. and the, the adults, it, in fact, it, it would actually be more surprising to learn if they never smoked it at all. So oh, once, interesting you know, point. Yeah. And then once they pump the brakes a little, you know, they can focus on handling matters internally. So that's my argument. So I understand it, it could be a problem, but you know, do I really believe it hinders a player's performance? I say yes. It really depends how much weed they smoke that day or, or how even recently they smoked it. If they really feel that, you know, a particular player is going into the extreme with the weed, then the management can just point out, you know, the example of how, in fact, it is infecting their on-court gameplay and they could handle that man-to-man internally. The same way if a player digests anything or inhales anything else, that would affect their game. Sure. And and I even remember that the NBA Players Association was exploring this whole thing a couple of years ago in 2018, but there were so many federal barriers and restrictions that made it so complicated. And you would just think that things would get easier and this would come up a lot more. Yeah. But, I don't know. Moving on, it appears that uh, there's another roadblock for Major League Baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Several Major League Baseball players and team staff have recently tested positive for COVID, Ouch. which is, uh, yeah, unfortunately, God bless. But on June 19th, the Phillies closed their facilities in Clearwater, Florida, spring training after I think it was eight positive tests, five players, three employees, I think. And soon after that, get this, the Toronto Blue Jays shut down their facilities as well after a pitcher on their 40-man roster experienced symptoms and he's awaiting his results. But this guy spent time in the Phillies minor league system. So it kind of gives you an idea of how this virus is spreading around a little bit. Yeah. And the COVID right now is doing major league baseball a favor by threatening the season. I say that because right now the players and the owners couldn't even negotiate how to walk. Yeah. The players and owners couldn't even negotiate how to walk outside an open front door if there was a burning building. I mean, they're standing right in front of it right now and they can't figure it out. So it almost feels like you knew this was coming. This is going to happen. And if you think about it, just the other day I was talking about how is baseball going to handle a positive test if a player on a team comes down with it in the middle of the season? So that's a prime example of the extra precaution. And no, I don't really blame them for these protocols, this precaution. But get this, I mean, it's been a mixed bag right now as far as it's been a tug of war on the negotiations. So my question is, how can we really expect baseball to return? So fear of the unknown is ever more relevant in the real world, more than the usual fear of the 102 mile an hour seeking fastball from a lefty. So that was mainly the player's concern on the field is how is that nasty left-hander with that crazy fastball is going to affect their on-field performance. Now they got to worry about things in the back of their head. Somebody having COVID, what's going to happen after the game? There's a lot of distractions that can happen. So yeah, this whole thing, it may be uh, doing them a favor because my honest opinion, I don't think they would have been able to negotiate their way into the season anyway. And now, while many of the players were at training camps in Florida, Florida itself, which has seen a recent spike in cases, it was also announced that Toronto Maple Leafs forward Austin Matthews tested positive and he's quarantining in his house. So yeah, that which crazy. is in Arizona. Yeah, man. So it's hitting other sports as well. It's hitting hockey too now. So just as training camps were starting to pick up and all other leagues were moving forward with their return to play plans, they have COVID now to deal with one once again. So we don't even know what's going on. Speaking of this whole COVID thing, let's move on now to the NFL because the NFL was supposed to start and their chief medical officer just responded, in fact, to Dr. Fauci's comments that the NFL may not happen this year unless the players are in that bubble, which is mm. what Fauci said. So right. Dr. Alan Stills, the chief medical officer, said that the owners and players are working with joint medical advisors on ways to reduce health risks and they want to adapt to the public health safety and 
environment, which in my opinion is not going to be easy now. And the 2020 NFL season appears to be on schedule later this summer as everyone's negotiating on their terms and conditions, but they haven't got into the whole economic side of things of what it's going to mean as far as having no fans and what that can mean as far as revenue. And sees, don't forget, Major League Baseball has already shown us what an issue that could be. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, having uh, possibly puppets in the stands. Oh, my goodness. I, I mean, this is still laughable to me. I mean, if somebody would have shown me 20 years ago a, a scene or a video of a puppets in the stand, I would have thought they were crazy. And, and they would say, oh, look, this is the future of baseball. I'm like, you're, you're kidding me. You're joking me. I can't believe what has come down to right now. Just football, recently. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine going to like a hardcore game like the Ravens and the Steelers and seeing <laughs> Mickey and Minnie sitting there like on the 50 yard line. That'd hey, be crazy. you know, with the with the technology, they could probably just put, uh, you know, CG everybody, put fake crowds and, you know, they got the soundboard and everything and say, hey, they probably could still make this happen with the technology, you know? Hell yeah. But the biggest issue could prove to be health and safety protocols, apparently, as Fauci tells CNN every second with the bubble for the season. Mm -hmm. But uh, the NFL is kind of talking about other things as well. Due to COVID-19, the NFL players haven't been able to have organized training this offseason. So to help combat the missed time off of work, the NFL and the NFL Players Association are discussing cutting off a couple of preseason games for a longer training camp, which actually makes sense to me. Yeah. If you were to get to that point where you're going to cancel the season, then you know this, I mean, we really know it's serious, but you would know this stuff is real serious when it comes to the pandemic. And because I say this because there's millions to be made within the whole fantasy football and all, the ridiculous yeah. amount of revenue that football brings, the popularity. Uh, the NFL, in my opinion, they will find any way possible to continue games, whether they have to play in empty stadiums or even if they have to put players in a shuttle or a space shuttle to fly and play in Mars. I mean, they're going to find anything <laughs> to try to get the players to, Football to play on this Mars. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 I've never really been a fan of the four game preseason. We all we all start sleeping by the second game. Everyone's let's just start the season. So yeah, it may be even doing them a favor by shortening up preseason. But, but yeah, yeah. Besides that extra practice time, cutting games could give those health experts time to finalize those last minute game day protocols. And we don't even know if fans are going to be allowed in the stadiums, like we're saying. So yeah, exactly. So let's just move on past this whole COVID mess and uh, and everything because of all starts, the NBA seems intent on restarting the season and most of all crowning a champion in 2020 mm-hmm it's <laughs> down your alley, man. Go ahead. This is this is right down my alley. And with the league, and with the league, and well, most of its players, <laughs> as we've been talking about on our past episodes, agreeing to a new return to play plan, the NBA season is set to resume on July 30th in Orlando, Florida. Now, the revised format to conclude the season, we're going to see 22 of the 30 NBA teams, like we've been saying, in eight games each to wrap up the regular season and set off playoff seed uh playoff seating so there's going to be 13 west nine eastern conference teams and they're going to go to walt disney world and the odds have the lakers as betting favorites to win mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't like that too much okay okay now while the lakers i'm not really a big odds, la f- yeah i'm not really big la fan but go ahead sorry okay, for any no, la fans out there it's all good now, now while the lakers have the best odds in the west don't forget the milwaukee bucks plus 290 they had the best regular season 
record at 53 and 12. So they can't be dismissed either as it's really to, in my opinion, a make or break kind of season for Giannis because he's the one who he's like the next big superstar. So he really has to take his team all the way. And if he can't, maybe it's time to move on past the Bucks for him or because they're not getting him any more help. And then don't forget, there's also the Clippers with Kawhi, Paul George. Um, They have probably the best bench I've ever seen who may be the biggest fit for either of those teams. And they're up 300 to win it all as well. And then don't forget, there's also the 76ers with their defensive prowess. Now they ha- they're going to have a healthy Simmons and Embiid back to play. And I definitely think, in my opinion, I got my nuggets. I'm over here in Colorado and Denver. I got my nuggets. They're going to be interesting to watch. Got the Joker out there. So <laughs> yeah, and I'll, I'll just give you my quick answer when it comes to you know predicting who's going to be the champion, who's going to get this next ring if there is a season coming up. Yeah, let's go with the Bucks. No, I, that's my pick. You know, it's going to be Lakers and Bucks in the finals, and hopefully we see, we see a good show. But I, I'll tell you this: if one star player is missing from a contending team, then really these predictions don't really matter. And going back to what uh, what I was telling you the other day, I mean, as far as uh, what it's actually transpired this season, we all know the Golden State Warriors are still the defending Western Conference champions. So let me tell you what's happening here: the Warriors have been to five consecutive finals right? It may be the basketball gods probably messing with the whole thing here and ensuring that the Warriors aren't going to make their six straight finals by basically not having a season. I know that's a crazy go, you know, analysis yeah. here. But yeah, this- that is crazy. I, I very much doubt that. Anyway, moving on, very much moving on, sees that, that, that is a very crazy, crazy Well, uh, let, let me just tell you this. Discussion. Please this don't. is my observation. The NBA season has been pretty boring with Steph Curry and company. I mean, this is a man who brings <laughs> more excitement than LeBron James as far as popularity. I know that's debatable, but he's the Michael Jordan of our time. I mean, a whole entire playoffs without those sick threes, you know, from past half court. I mean, that's that's a lot of excitement that we're missing this year. To Just all of our Steph followers out there, to all of our followers out there, that is a completely biased opinion by Caesar, not the wise guy. Anyway, he's national, moving, not local now. Moving on. Also want to mention while we're talking about the NBA, according to ESPN, get this, the NBA has decided to schedule for this year's draft, which will take place on October 16th. As well, teams and free agents can negotiate two days later on the 18th. So listen, if anybody from the Knicks organization is listening out there, take Tyrese Halliburton in the first (laughs) round. Forget Ball, forget Anthony and them, Halliburton. And if you don't believe me, go to SI.com. There's a great scouting report on him. Halliburton is who we want. Lee Burton. Hey, how's Porzingis doing with the Knicks? How was his stats with the Knicks last year? Oh, I don't wish. Is he still playing with them? Very funny Caesar. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, before we get out of here, I want to congratulate, by the way, Jockey Manuel Franco. Now, I don't bet or do horses. I would have, I would have won, bro. Now, let me just tell y'all about this horse. Okay. His name is Tis the Law. Tis the Law won the 152nd Belmont Stakes. Tis the Law, huh? All right, go okay. ahead. Okay. Now, listen to its nickname. It's known, its nickname, and it's known as the New York Hero. It is a New York bred cult. Bro, tis the law kicking off a belated triple crown season. So congratulations to the jockey, Manuel Franco, who won his first, his absolute first Belmont Stakes. Congratulations. Tis the law. 
All right. Tis law. <laughs> this has been a fun episode. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in and listening. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and website, CaesarAndTheWiseGuy.com. Drop us a comment. And if you really, really enjoyed this episode, feel free to donate on our website to continue the sports buzz. Be safe. See y'all.